recorded live. Well, hello, everybody. I hope you enjoyed church on Sunday. Well, guess what? It's Monday. <laughs> and this is one of the days that I call church. See, this show is called church because if you ain't make it to church for any reason necessary, good or bad, you can have church today on Monday. And I didn't catch up minutes of mine in time, so I made up something just the other day called Double Up Mondays. And um, I ran into some young brothers out there that, you know, they don't like church. So I was like, what are you talking about? So I said, okay. So today, not only are we going to go over the first thing in life is what Minister Calvin Myers has planned for us, which is Babylon, the great whore mystery. Who is the great whore? Revelation chapter 17. But if you have any issues, the second topic could be, what is it about church that you like or dislike? Because I would like to know from positives and negatives. You tell me either from where you reside at or have visited as a guest. Time to ring your heart. Welcome to church. Thank you. 
did not create me to worry. You did not create me to fear. But you created me to worship. So I'ma leave it all right here. Well, people, welcome to Sound City Radio. Please dial that number and tell a friend, 724-444-7444. Put the PIN number in, 143-906-POUND. You got to push one pound into the show and start eight to talk. Here at Sound City on this network, we always about freedom of speech, freedom to grow, freedom to learn and know. All I ask you to do is please be real, be safe, and be ready. Mr. Calvin Myers. Amen. I want to thank God for this opportunity. I thank God for Brother Will. I uh, I like to just open up in prayer. How was everybody week? I hope you had a blessed weekend. I hope that everything went well, and I pray that whatever you might be going through, that God would give you the grace to endure uh, hardness as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. And knowing this, that after you go through this, God will anoint you even greater. He will impart unto you the more, and he will strengthen you and give you more wisdom. And so you got to go through many other afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. So we're going to go through things in this life. But at this time, I just want us to go into prayer. Let's pray, God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for your wisdom, your guidance. Thank you for the women and men of God, their wisdom, the anointing you put on their lives. Thank you for whatever they go through. I know that you're going to bring them out of it, God. And no weapon that is formed against any of us shall prosper. God, we pray that you will tear down strongholds, beat back the forces of darkness, strengthen us in the name of Jesus, renew our strength. Remind us of the old landmark of what you taught us of before. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for all that you've allowed us to go through in this point and where you're taking us at and where you brought us from. God, we pray for your favor, that you would just lay your favor upon us. Keep us from things. Bless us as we hear your word. Bring back to memory every scripture, every word, every revelation, every insight, every discernment, God. Have your way. Bless those who will call in, God, and share. We pray that you will have your way in this Bible study. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, praise the Lord, saints. We're back here again tonight on this Monday night, and we're going to be dealing with the book of Revelation chapter 17. In this book, we're dealing with the vows <clears throat> that the angels is, talk, is going to be pouring out, and we're going to be dealing with the great whore, the Babylonian, the mystery whore. Who is the Babylonian mystery whore? 
why did God allow it to get wiped out? So we're going to go into that and share some things with you. We really can go deep trend. I try not to go all the way into it because there's a lot that goes with this thing. And uh, I just try to hit the surface and keep moving because sometimes you can lose people and you're going too heavy for them and you might lose some of them. And in some cases, I've learned that when you're teaching the word and sharing, you're talking to the sheep, the lambs, and the lion. Let me say that again. Anybody, when you're preaching, teaching, or ministering, you are ministering, preaching, teaching to the lambs, the babies, the sheep, the more mature, the lions. The lion is those who go out and can rightly divide the word of God. They are your fivefold ministry. <clears throat> or just they, they, they dig us in the word. They sound in the word of God. And it doesn't mean that everything that I say is law. I mean, you do your own study on what God gives you from the word as you rightly divide the word of God. Don't take my word for it. Go deeper. You study for yourself. Get your Dates Bible. Get your Scofield. Get the word that you need to study. The word of God says study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that need is not to be a same, rightly divide the word of truth. God wants you to rightly divide the word of truth and not be a same. But always get into your words so you know what you're talking about. You can't go around saying, I don't know, but I know the pastor said that ain't going to work. You need the word for your hour. Because when the God, when the Lord takes the pastor home and he will go home to be with the Lord, what do you got in you? You got to deal with the devil. Pastor don't want the glory. What do you got inside of you? Where is your substance? Are you rooted and grounded in the word? So people want to quote what the pastor said. Let's quote what the word of God said. What did God say? Because the pastor's an evangelist and the teacher, we quoting what the Bible says. That's all we can quote. So we want to go into this word and share with you and just walk you through this word of God. We're dealing with this Babylonian church right here, this, this group of people. Now, at this point, we went through chapter 15 and 16 last week. But this week is interesting. This is good, y'all. And I'm going to start reading out of this book. And it says, And there came up one of the seven angels, which had the seven vows and talked it with me. This is John talking about the angels, saying, Come hither. And I will show unto you the judgment of the great whore that setteth upon many waters. Always remember, water is symbolic of people, okay? So Revelation is the book of numbers, colors, and symbols. Now, here it is again. It calls her the great whore. She sits upon the water. Multitudes of people. She's in the midst of the nations and kindreds and tongues of people. She's mingling. And listen, verse 2 says, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So it's a relationship going on here. Not a natural, but it's a spiritual relationship going on here. When we say fornication, it's between an unmarried person who are having uh, sex together. If they are married, it's called adultery. But if this case is called fornication, these kindreds, these nations, these kings of the earth, 
is fornicating with this woman. Spiritually, it's called her a woman, but this is not a physical female. This is a religion that has been around for a long time. And it calls her the whore, the mystery, and it calls her Babylon. Now, Babylon has been around for a while. We know that Nebuchadnezzar was a part of Babylonian kingdom. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all of them was a part of the Babylonian kingdom. We know that, um, uh, what's the man named? Nebuchadnezzar was far part of the Babylonian kingdom. And this may surprise you, but Saddam Hussein is the great, 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 all the way down through generation descendants of Nebuchadnezzar. Isn't that amazing? You will be surprised what you learn. So he's from the Babylonian kingdom also um, during that time. Now, here we go again, and I'm at verse 3. So she causes those to play uh, to commit fornication with her. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, the giant. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast. It's a beast full of names. A blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. This is a beast. And the woman, now this beast is a spirit. It's the spirit of the Antichrist, okay? And the woman, which was arrayed in purple, purple represents royalty. She has money. She's well-bred. Life is good. She's not lacking. She's not poor. And scarlet colors, (coughs) excuse me, and decking with gold and precious stones. Gold. Stones. Having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations. And listen what it says, filthiness of her fornication. This woman has done it all. The gold cup, raising up the cup. When people have gold cup, they have power, dignity. Gold cup, diamond, money is there. Money is not a problem. Well-bred, well-set. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of Harlem, abomination of the earth. It's written on her head. The Bible said there is no new thing underneath the sun. In the days of old, they worshipped a goddess, female goddess. This was a a, a true story of a mother who had a son, and the son was supposed to see this mother with this circle around her head, and the son had the circle around his head, and this was like before Christ, B.C. Eventually, the boy wound up sleeping with his mother, and they they was known as God, and these people worshipped these goddesses. B.C. now, before Christ. Well, as Christ came, people try to tie that in with the Catholic Church to this day still got that symbol, and they try to use Jesus as the boy and Mary as the mother. And here is the thing. What you got to understand, folks, is this. God did not send his son on the earth for Mary to be worshipped. Mary is not a God. She is your sister and the Lord. She was born in sin in iniquity. Y'all not going to talk to me. She has her own issues too. 
she can taste, feel, handle, she bent her knees, and to submission, submission to Christ also. She had to ask for forgiveness of her sin also. She was a woman that was righteous that God chose of the virgin birth. What she had was faith, and God used her because a lot of women know that you cannot get pregnant and men know that too without a man. She was a vessel that God used to bring forth his son. The prophecy in Isaiah 7.14. Let's go to Isaiah 7.14. Let's see some things right here. I just want to take you back a little bit so we don't lose nobody, nobody don't understand, because the Bible says whatsoever things was written was written for our learning. This is how we learn. We go through the word of God. This is the word of God. Isaiah 7 and verse 14. And just give me a second. I'm going there. I'm heading there right now myself. We're just going to walk through this word and just share some things with you, some nuggets, just some nuggets. Isaiah seven fourteen. This should be it right here. Okay, let's listen to what it says. Therefore, the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. This is Isaiah BC before Christ was born, two thousand years. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Let me read that part again. Behold, a virgin. Everybody know a virgin is one that has not been known of a man. In other words, she has not been breaking into. She had never had sex in her life. It's going to conceive and bear a son. How is this possible? And he should be called Emmanuel. Now, we all know when Christmas is about to come, who do we call Emmanuel? God. Emmanuel means God with us. Okay? Uh. Butter and honey, and this is why they thought John the Baptist was the Christ. Butter and honey shall he eat that he may know and refuse evil and choose the good. John ate stuff like that. For therefore a child should know to refuse evil and choose good, and the land thou abhorrest shall be forsaken of both her the king. So we know that that child was going to come through, a virgin. She's going to be a virgin. Not fornication, a virgin. Now let's go to Isaiah 9, verse 6. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government should be upon his shoulder. And his name should be called Wonderful, Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Listen, y'all. And of the instance of his government and peace, there should be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with the judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. That is the prophetic word that Isaiah is given. He's coming for the throne of David. Who was Jesus? He is the descendant of David. Blind man bottomated. Say, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy upon me. David was a merciful king. So he was begging Jesus 
around him like David was, a merciful king. Joseph and Mary came from a descendant of David. Both of them did. Joseph came from there. Mary came from David's descendant. But Joseph is not Jesus' father. Joseph is the stepfather. God is Jesus' father, capital G-O-D. Now, we just read what the Bible said, a virgin. Mary is from the descendants of David. Now, let's look at Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he and shall make him of a quick understanding and in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not, he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes. He won't look at you and think you weird or something wrong with you or I don't want to be around you. You hear people say this all the time. I don't like them. Why? I don't know. I just don't like them. You didn't discern them. You just don't like them. You have a problem, not that person. You do. You need to get right with God. When you see that happen, you need to try your spirit and go to God and say, Lord, forgive me, because that's another human being. Now, we may not like what they do, but we got to believe that God can change that person. You always want to believe God to change that person, but for you to come to a conclusion that you don't like them, you're not in the place to make that decision. You can miss God and get judged by God because the Bible says whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause is in danger of judgment. I don't care what people said about that person. I don't care what they've done. You are still obligated to forgive them and pray for them. There was a man who had a wife, and he would not forgive her for what she did. Whatever she did, he wouldn't forgive her. He was bitter towards her. And this woman and him, um, at the time, this woman begged him to forgive him and didn't. And, uh, at the time, he wouldn't forgive her, so he held his bitter towards her, and he wound up getting killed in the car accident. And when he died, there he went into eternity. And uh, when he died and went into eternity, unfortunately, what happened was he met God. And when he met God, he was in trouble. God told him if he was the Savior, he would not make it into kingdom heaven. Because he didn't forgive his wife. Listen, y'all, forgiveness is important. How many of you might be holding unforgiveness in your heart towards people? How many of you don't like people for whatever reason? I've never seen so many people that don't understand God. People want God to be a liar. Folks, let me tell you something. Hear me very clearly. You will never make God a liar. If you don't like people, you are not getting into God's kingdom. I promise you that. You won't get in there. You can think all you want to that you're going to get in there by what church you go to, how much you pray, how much you fast, how much word you got. If you hold unforgiveness in your heart, you're not going to make it into God's kingdom. I promise you. 
and you got to be very careful with unforgiveness. The devil has really sidetracked a lot of people because they thought they was going into God's kingdom, and when they got into eternity because they refused to forgive. The Bible said if you don't forgive men their trespasses for what they did against you, neither will God forgive you your trespass for what you did against him. Listen, y'all, you must forgive. That's not an option. For by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, for the love you have one toward another. You get what I'm saying? And this is what it's all about. If you don't forgive, neither will God forgive you. You've got to know for certain that you want to forgive people. And that's God's way of doing things, that we forgive one another. It's a part of God's spiritual law. And listen, verse 4, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And this is what it talks about the Messiah when he will come. The prophecies are all in here when it talks about the Messiah. And it said that the Messiah would come. The Jews were expecting the Messiah to come, a powerful person. Now let's go back to Revelation chapter 17, and let's look back down to uh, verse number 3. So he carried me away in the spirit in the wilderness. I saw a woman sitting upon a scarlet-colored dress full of names, blasphemed, having seven heads and ten horns. Those are nations that's upon the speech, and the woman is riding and the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decking with gold and precious stones and pearls having a golden cup in her hand, full of abomination and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was the name written mystery, Babylon, the great, the mother of Harlot. This thing all the way back about the woman that got the circle glowing around her head holding a baby with the circle glowing around his head, harlot of an abomination of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the mortars of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Admiration. Listen, y'all. This is the Catholic Church. Some people have tried to say it was the United States. It is not. People have died throughout the thousands of years. When he was, uh, you go to the books called Fox, Books of Mortars, it tells you how all the apostles died and Christians throughout generations died. A lot of people in the Catholic Church have murdered them. They killed them. They killed them. They would throw them into dens of lions because they refused to yield underneath the emperor and all that other thing. And they would make a symbol. The Christian was in hiding. That's where they got the symbol of the fish from. And if they took a pencil, not a pencil, forgive me, a stick and made the symbol half of it and the other one would make the other half, they knew that you was a Christian. The Christian was in hiding at that period of time and caved and hiding out from the enemy. So what took place was this killing was a lot of killing with the Christian church. And this is why right now when people say they're more Christian, they think of Catholics. There's a different. The word Christian means Christ-like, not Mary-like. There's a different because Mary 
was the one that they worship. They choose to worship her as a god. And they into images and statues and all these other things. But, folks, let me tell you something. Listen, this is bigger than what y'all think it is. This is truly bigger than what you think it might be. This is something that deals with something that was going on for thousands of years ago. Let me draw your attention to something else. I'm going to go further to the verse 7. And the angel said unto me, because over the years the Catholic Church have killed so many Christians, family have been murdered. They have murdered a lot of people who were standing for Christ, and they loved the Lord Jesus Christ, but they were into a lot of things. Even to this day, you see that the priest still could smoke cigarettes, drink liquor, cuss, and everything, and people confess their sins. They were going to the booth. It was the Catholic Church that a lot of people worshipped and adored them, and they give all this money to the Catholic Church. And a lot of people believe this is the great Italy and the Babylonian and all that other stuff that's going to take place. Rome, Italy, which is Italy. Verse 7, and the angel said unto me, wherefore there is thy marvel, and I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which had the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition. Uh, and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. And they beheld the beast that was, and it's not, and yet is. These people are going to worship this Antichrist. He is the beast. He's going to be coming forth eventually. He's coming. Some people said he's here already. I don't know. But I do know during the period of time of the tribulation. Remember, when you read the book of Revelation, it gives a past, present, and future. Now, in this particular part right here, this Babylonians will take a hit in the great tribulation. The Christian will not be here during this time. So let me read the rest of this to you. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are the seven mountains on which the, the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings. Five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. So it's going to be seven, then it's going to go down to two, and then one is still yet to come. So it's still it's going to take place in a future event when all this starts to unravel. The beast that was in, the beast that is that was and is not, even he, the eighth, is of the seven and goes into perdition. In verse 12, and the ten horns which thou sawest are the kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings. One hour with the beast. So when you're dealing with hours and time, the way Revelation said, it could be time, it could be a little longer than that. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. All these kingdoms is going to come underneath the Antichrist, and he's going to be over them. And shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. Now you're going into the Babylon, um, battle of Armageddon. And he, the Lord of the Lords and King of Kings, 
and they that are with him are called, and chosen, and faithful. And he said unto me, the water which thou sawest, where the whore are sitting, are the people, and multitudes, and nations, and tongues. We just went over that earlier. The water represents multitudes, and nations, of people. And the ten horn which thou sawest upon the beast, they shall, they shall hate the whore, and shall make war, and shall make, I'm sorry, make her desolated and naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. Now, this is what's going to happen. These people are going to back up the Antichrist, and they're going to make war against the Catholic Church and wipe her out within an hour. She's going to be gone, wiped out. Folks, let me tell you this right now. We believe that one of the Pope will be the false prophet. He's going to give his power to the Antichrist, submit and come underneath the Antichrist uh, dictatorship, and they're going to wipe out the Catholic Church. Because when this revelation takes place after the rapture, the saints will no longer be on the earth, the Antichrist will be here, the false prophet will be here. The Antichrist, which many believe that will be from the tribe of Dan, he will be a Danonite. Some people believe that. And he will have power. The false prophet, which people believe will be one of the popes, he will have power to heal, cause fire to come down from heaven. He's going to have a lot of authority. This will not be an ordinary pope. He's going to come in lying wonders. So that is yet to take place. But this will take place during the tribulation period. And let's look at verse 16, uh, 15, I'm sorry. And he said unto the the waters which thou sawest are the whore sitting upon, which is multitude of people. We read that part. We read 16, and the ten whore which thou sawest on the beast, they shall hate the whore and shall make, make her desolated and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn with fire. And one hour is going to be wiped out, gone forever. Kind of like a nuclear war to me. Something's going to happen. They're going to blow it up. It's gone. Verse 17, for God has put their hearts to fulfill the will and to agree and to give their kingdom unto the beast, unto the word of God to be fulfilled. So they're going to wipe out the Catholic Church one day, mighty, powerful Catholic Church, great Catholic Church, got tunnels, miles and miles of tunnels with nothing but books and information, hidden information that they know for years, a lot of stuff they got on people, the Catholic Church, very, very, very wealthy, self-sufficient. When the Antichrist comes, he will wipe out the Catholic Church because he's going to only exalt himself. You got to remember, he's not coming to share his glory with nobody. He wants to be in control of the earth. So that is the Babylonian. It is the Catholic Church who will be wiped out. And let's go into verse 18. Here is John again. And after these things, I saw another angel came down from heaven, having great power. And the earth was lightning with glory. Different angels carried different magnitude of weight and power, y'all. And he cried mightily with a song, a voice saying, Babylon. The great is fallen. Fallen is become the inhabitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit.
and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all the nations have drank of the wine of the wealth of her fornication and of the kings of the earth, and have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth was waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacy. So they came from all over and brought and took in things and idols and symbols and made a lot of money for her. But it's going to fall. The angel's talking about it. It's done. It's over with. She's wiped out. Spread it in news. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her. Listen, y'all, my people, that you be not partaker of her what? Sin. That you receive not of her pledge. There are people who love God, who is a part of the Catholic Church. I remember when they got all these priests that was caught up into the scandal came out about um, uh, 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 the priests laying up with little boys and and uh, man, it was something, man. And I remember right before that ever happened, it was a boss. The job I was working at, the boss was flying from Chicago, and God allowed me and him to get close. He was the CEO. When we got our checks, his name was on our check. But me and him again became real close friends, and he would talk to me because at that time we were trying to bring in a union. We was going to bring in a union. And stop these people from taking advantage because at that time they wouldn't give us raises. They were just taking advantage of us. So we decided to bring in a union. Now they want to talk. The CEO is flying in and talking. Well, God allowed me to become a little closer. And I gave him the book of Alberto. Alberto is a book. It looks like a comic book, but Alberto was a Catholic person who came up through the Catholic ranks who they would send to Christian campus. Him and a girl to hold hands and fornicate to tear up that Christian campus. It was a strategic strategy against the church and make false accusations against pastors. I mean, it was ugly. They were sent to churches that loved the Lord to tear them apart by the Catholic Church. Well, Alberto, when he was a little boy, he remember his mother dying, and she was screaming out for help. She said the demons was coming to get him. He kept praying, why is the demons coming? But it didn't stop him. When his mother died, he said she had a horrible look on her face, and her eyes was wide open screaming for help while the demons snatched her soul out of her body. And as a little boy, he grew up in the Catholic Church. He remembered because he had to live as an orphan with them. They had him with other little boys, and one night when he was in the bed, the boy crawled in the bed with him and tried to have sex with him. And he punched the boy in his mouth, and the boy started crying, and his mouth was bleeding. And uh, they called the priest in there, and he, the priest asked what happened. The boy said, he punched me in my mouth, and Alberta said he was trying to touch me in places I don't want to be touched and have sex with me. And the priest said this to him, how dare you hit your brother when he was trying to show you love? And Alberto never forgot that. So they put him in another chamber, and they punished him as a little boy. So as he grew up in the Catholic Church, he realized something was wrong the way his mom died, and then he realized some of these kids in here was was into homosexuality as they was growing up. This is a true story. The book of Alberto. You can go look it up. It's a Christian book, and he talks about how God saved him. Well, Alberto, as he got older, he would go to different churches and campus and try his job was to wipe them out. And so as he began to do that, he was a good, he was one of the eight. 
and tearing down information on churches and different people, campus, Christian campus. Well, as time went on, Alberto was reading the Bible since he was a little boy. He would read it. You're not supposed to read the Bible if you're a Catholic, but he would read the Bible underneath the blanket at nighttime with a little flashlight. And so he began to read God's word, and God began to deal with him. And God began to wean him away from the Catholic Church. And once he got out of it, they kept trying to kill him. He said he went to the dentist one time, and one of the dentists did something to his mouth. He had to get rushed to the hospital, and he almost died. They kept trying to kill him. So when he became a Christian, he went into hiding, and he started writing these books about what he experienced, all these things about the Catholic Church, what was going on. The information he gave tons of information in the book Alberto. It's a powerful book. You got to go to the bookstore to get it. You can go up to Deliverance or go to CLC. Uh, I think it's CLC Bookstore downtown on 11th and Chestnut. They should have Alberto's book, so they will order it for you. The magazine about Alberto. He was a Christian, a, a Catholic that became Christian. But years, I remember giving that book to Frank. And he told me, he read the book on the plane, and he said he threw it in the trash afterwards. He said, I don't believe that because no priest ever tried to get in my bed with me, Calvin. Well, not too long after that, this big, huge scandal came out on all these priests sleeping with little boys and thundering them as little kids. And at that time, I was no longer with that company. I said, I wonder what Frank is thinking. It was all over the fact. It was a class action lawsuit against the Catholic Church. And a lot of the people started coming away from the Catholic Church. They started turning to the Lord. And they came up out of there, and they started serving the Lord Jesus Christ because they realized that was not God's will from her. So when you read Revelation, it said, All my people come out from among her, that you might be not partake of her evil wickedness. That's the call that God was calling them to come from among them. Now, where did I leave at? Left off at. Yeah, 18. And after these things, I saw another angel come down. The angel came down. Verse 18.3. And all have drank of the wine of the wrath of the fornication of the kingdom of the earth and have committed fornication with her and her merchants and all that. And we read that. Verse 4. And I heard another angel from heaven saying, Come out from her, my people. We read this part. And not be not partaker of her sin that you may receive not of her flesh. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God has remembered her iniquity. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and devil unto her devil according to her works, in the cup which she has filled with her devil. How much she has glorified herself and live delicately, delicately, I can't even get to the word to say it the right way. You guys, delicately, I can't even pronounce it the way it should be uh, 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 pronounced. And reward her according to the portrait. So, of course, she wouldn't have left that. Yeah, so much torment and sorrow give her, for she saith in her heart, I sit as a queen and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her pledge come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. 
It sounds like a nuclear war. Something is going to happen at that stage. This is during the tribulation period, y'all. For the strong, for the strong, for strong is the Lord, God, who judges her. And verse 9 says, and the king of the earth, who have committed fornication and lived, delicate, I can't even go into that word, with her shall beware, bewail her and lament for her, and they shall see the smoke of her burning. Now, some people try to say this is the United States. This is not. This is the Catholic Church at that time will be wiped out. Standing afar off for the fear, her tormented, saying, Alas, Alas, that great city Babylon, that magnet, that mighty city, for in one hour, thy judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buys their merchandise anymore. The merchandise of gold and of silver and precious stones and of pearls and of fine linen and of purple and of silk and of scarlet and all thy wood and all manners of vessels and of ivory and of all manners of vessels of most precious wood and of brass and of iron and of marble and in cinnamon and in odors and in ointment and in frankincense and in wine and in oil and in fine flour and in wheat and of beasts. So, in a beast, I'm sorry, yeah, in a beast, and sheep, and of horses, and of chariots, and of staff, slaves, I'm sorry, and of souls of men, and the fruits that thy soul lusteth after, and departed from thee, and all things which were vanity and goodly, and are departed from thee, thou shalt find them no more at all. The merchants of these things which were made rich by her to stand afar off for the fear of the torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, Alas, great city with cloth, with clothing and fine linen and purple and scarlet and decking with gold and precious stone and pearls. For in one hour so great riches is come to naught. And every shipmaster, and of all company and ships and sailors, and as many as trade by sea, stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, "What city is likened unto this great city?" And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, "Alas, alas!" That's when they cried out, "The great city." wherein were made rich all that had ships and seas and by reason of the coast and lines. For in one hour is she made desolate. Nuclear war. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. There are no apostles and Christians being killed in the United States with the blood of Babylon. The Babylonian was wiped out. They was, the Babylonian was killing a lot of the Christians at that time. This is the Catholic Church symbolized the mystery. Because the United States, God has set before us an open door. We got like the Church of Philadelphia. 
I've set before you an open door that no man can shut. The United States has given us free course to preach the gospel to share the word of God. We have our trial, but we're not being mourned like they was in Italy. Um, um, the, the, the church at that time, the Catholic church, was wiping out everybody. They was dominating everything. So these Christians who was killed underneath her regime during that time, God will reward uh, her according to what she has done to these people. And so now where did I stop at? Verse 20, rejoice over her, thou heavens and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. So it's not the United States. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great milestone. And what he did with it, he cast it into the sea, saying, Thus, saying with thus, saying with violence, shall the great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and pipers and trumpets, trumpeters, and shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsmen. Of whatsoever craft he be should be found anymore, and indeed the sound of a millstone should be heard no more in all thee, and the light of the candles should shine no more in all thee, and the voice of the bridegroom in thee, for the merchant where the great men of the earth and for the sorceries were all nations deceived, sorceries. Nation deceived. And her was found the blood of the prophets, listen, and of the saints, and of all that were slain upon the earth. He wiped them out. So we dealt with the two chapters, chapter 17 and 18, about the Babylonian and what's happening during that time. And uh, when you're going into this, I want to give you this time right now. If anybody want to say something, if you have a question, Feel free to call in at this time, and we will take your call and hear what you got to say if you want to add anything to that. Just push star eight, and Will will unmute you, and you can come in, and you can say something. So just go back into your phone and push that star eight button, and we will be more than happy to hear what you got to say because we're dealing with the Babylonian mystery whore at this time. And when they use the word whore, that means she fornicated with many men, kings of the earth, the Bible said kings of the earth, whom she had called to drink of her fornication and of her violence and whatever seductiveness that it could have been, gold, royalty, purple, what have you, they indulged in this with her and they became a part of her fornication. They bowed to her. They worshiped her. You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. When they told was told by Nebuchadnezzar, when you hear the sound of the flute, pipe, and all that stuff, you got to kneel and bow and worship this God. And when you bow to this God, you were showing that they are the only two and living God. And the Hebrew boys will not bow. And word got back to Nebuchadnezzar that you had the Hebrew boys that you liked that was from Israel did not bow from Jerusalem during that time. He was furious. He wanted to know why. Because at this time, you've got to remember, 
past, present, and history, people have always worshipped different types of God. This is why we as people of God get in trouble when we start worshiping people. We cannot do that, y'all. I don't care if it's the teacher, the evangelist, the prophet, or the pastor. You can't get into worshiping men. God is a jealous God. All of this stems from that. When people start worshiping leaders and all that other stuff, that is just a man like you. They are your brethren. When you go to heaven, you will not be calling them by their title. I promise you that. You only know them as a saint of the Most High God. And even in that, God is going to write a name in their head that only that person knows the Lord knows. There won't be titles in heaven. So all these great titles that people want to put on themselves, apostle, prophet, and all these great, I mean, these are the five-fold ministry, but when people insist that you call them by these titles, they ego tripping, man. We give honor to whom honor is due, and we honor that. But don't ever get it twisted. you just a brother in the Lord. When you go into eternity, one look at one of those angels standing near God, you would know for certain that you just a brother in the Lord because you don't have the power those angels have. We have a caller, so we'll bring in that caller. Carla, Carla, you are muted. Hello, CJ Philly Joy. How you doing? Hello, how are you, sir? I'm fine, thank you. Can't complain. Amen. So, listen to some of the topics. I didn't hear everything you were saying. Uh-huh. Um, but I'll think about what are, what are the titles that people like. Some people want to be called reverend. Isn't there somewhere that you shouldn't call people reverend? Just the reverend. You know, reverend people as far as, like, honoring them. Is that in the scriptures? Yeah, um, it talks about calling a man father for you have one, which is your father, which is in heaven. We use the title of reverend. um, uh, People use that reverend to distinguish different type of licensing. You got the evangelist, the teacher, the reverend. Now, the reverend title is one who got the power to marry to uh, bury people, and they do a lot of counseling, too, and they call people reverend. But um, these titles were there for a reason, because a lot of reverend, when you're marrying people or burying people, in order to marry people, you really need to have a certain certificate by the state law with power backing you up to marry them, because you're going to have you can reverend your own self as a reverend and marry people, and you realize they're not married. You just send people on their way to fornicate. You got to have the right way, yeah? You got to have license through the state. All that stuff got to be licensed. So when they look up the books that they, you got it licensed the right way. This is why you got to have a church that has the power to really license you as a pastor. So when you marry these people, they are really officially married. Got to do things decently in order. Because there's a lot of things they got to get done when they get married. They got to get their blood checked and all that other stuff. Because a lot of people, this is what separates the jack legs from the real deal. This is why you don't want to get caught up with calling yourself all these titles. And then you realize you don't want to have the paperwork to go behind it. People can sue you. Right. You don't marry people in the, and, and in the law, the eyes of the law, 
they still living by the laws of common law marriage. They're not married. And God help you if they was married before and they told you they were divorced and they married you and you married them because you were titled yourself, they can turn around and sue you. And when they do die, if they die, they didn't. They thought they were married all the time, they're going to hell because they were born again. They never was married because you didn't have the power to marry them. So this is serious business when you go into leadership. You've got to do everything right, decently and in order. The Bible says, and every man that strives for mastery is not crowned except he strives lawfully. And I realize what we have is a lot of people who don't want to come underneath the authority of the real foundational churches to get licensed the right way. They want to do their own thing. Mm. And that's why they like these titles. As long as they're putting all these titles on themselves, they want you to respect that title. Right. But the matter is they should come underneath a, a stable church that's licensed, that does things right, go through the schools, get licensed, make sure the pastor will ordain you the right way and send you into ministry. A lot of people are starting church <clears throat> out of anger and bitterness or you ain't going to hold me back or they sitting on me because they want to preach. That's what it really comes down to. If you what? really want to preach Go on the corner, get you a ball, <laughs> get you some speakers, get you some equipment, and preach on the corner. But right. please don't say that the pastor trying to stop you from preaching. That's his pulpit. He's the pastor. Let him preach and feed the sheep. He knows what he's doing to feed the sheep. If you want to preach, go on the corner and preach. But do it the right way with your pastor's blessing. Do it the right way. All pastors are not bad pastors. You got jack out there, you know what I mean? But then again, you got good ones who love God, good men of God who are sincere about the word of God. Go on, I'm sorry. So I think I might ask you this before. I was wanted to, um, so when we think about how people are dressing as far as in the church, it looks like a lot of the Catholic, um, I guess, garb and stuff is being worn now in the regular churches too. How, how do we differentiate ourselves from uh, the other religions, not religions, but just what other people are doing and not and not fall into the traps of men and the world stuff coming into the church? Um, one of the things you can do is you got to get into the Word for yourself. You want to read your Bible, and you want to read it the way God said. Now, if you might say, well, I'm still learning the Bible, then you want to find a church that has a Bible institute. Go and connect yourself to that church where you can grow. They have Bible Institute, and they will take take your step from ground zero to start learning for yourself. You can still be at your church, but get underneath a, excuse me, a Bible Institute church where you can grow and learn the Word of God. The Bible says newborn babes that desire the sincere milk of the Word that they might grow thereby. Have a Bible Institute, learn the Word. And uh, as you learn, you're going to realize, you're going to start seeing that a lot of things going on in your church is a little off. Because sometimes, not in every case now, please hear me, y'all. Some leaders have erred away from the way the Bible says to do things. Um, and it's scary. It really is. You want to be in a place where you can grow in God, y'all. You want to grow. And if that means you can still be with your church, but go to a Bible Institute. 
learning. You don't need to come back and challenge your pastor. Your job is not there to fix that church. Your job is there to grow in the Word. If you feel as though you're not growing underneath that leadership, then you find your church home where the pastor is teaching authenticity of the Word, and you move on. You don't never stay somewhere where you're not growing at because you will be spiritually retarded, and that's not good. Because if right. you don't know what you're talking about, you're going to teach other people the wrong way too. This is why it's imperative to be on these strong leadership, strong ministry that teaches the word of God. You want to be a part of a church where you got elders who know the word. It's not just the leader, but everybody in the church is well-balanced in the word. So if the pastor missed the mark, they know how to get him back in order. If the elder missed the mark, the pastor get him back. Everybody's accountable to each other. That's what you want. But definitely do not get caught up. One of the things you know is that um, we don't worship people. That's what about they ministry. They cause distraction, though. Uh, a lot of times they're out with the parents are causing the distraction where it's like when we talk about the titles, they want you to call them a certain thing. They may have went to school. Like people go to school. Become a doctor, come to school. They go to school, become a lawyer. So they worked hard for the different titles that they have. Want to be called doctor, you know, so and so because they a dentist or um, cardiologist, whatever. So if they choose that, they can be called that. Go on. I'm sorry. Yeah. So the same thing. So the same thing as far as um, making the people, um, you know, like the different days of worship for one, you know, not Saturday as opposed to Sunday, and who. To those, those particular things that God said is about the saddest. So there's a lot of different things that people can get caught up in and caught up on. We still fall by, the, by, the, by man's rule. They make certain, like the laws of the land, obey the laws of the land, but the laws of the land are not good. Many of them are not good as far as to obey. There's some things, like the red light and different things, but there are some that they make that just don't make no sense. And one in particular that they got out now, I know people should pay their child support. Men should pay their child support to care their children. A man's working a job, so they garnish food, they garnish their wage. So they got to eventually find a few someplace, but then they get they lock them up. They got a, they got a decent job working this job for whatever many years. They didn't pay. They owe three hundred fifty dollars. Didn't pay whatever they owe, maybe more. Then they don't have a job because you lock them up. That's the craziest thing that I mean. Just garnish your wage. Why are you locking them up? They can lose their job, and now they can't pay nothing. Can't pay anything. So like the prison for, prison for profit thing. And then how it's affecting the people of the land. There's different things that the laws are making, and it's not good. So yeah, us have a land of uh, a way of doing things that can bring a lot of people into bondage. So one of the things I want to tell you, yeah, we give honor to whom honors due. If they are pastor or teacher or evangelist, we recognize that calling the prophet on their life, and we thank God that they do have a call on their life. And God is bringing them, allowing them to be at this point where they can teach and help other people. Um, and that is a blessing. That's a blessing. Nevertheless, I will say this too, don't get caught up into titles because some people think out of the fivefold calling, one title is bigger than the other. It's not. That's one of the things we learn at our church. All fivefold ministry, according to this word, is on the same level. You may have more responsibility in other people, but please, don't say, well, I'm a pastor now, so I can't really be around the evangelist. I'm an apostle now because I can't be around no pastors. I'm a bishop now, so I can't. You are ego tripping. 
You think the demons care what title you carry? He used the same tricks he used on that man that's on the corner who's not in church on you. They could care less about your title. And in most cases, beloved, the devil caused men to fall the same way with a title that he has a man that's on crack or living out of the church. He's never stepped foot in church in his life. Same demon come to him. No demon's not a respectable person. They can care less about the title. In fact, I will tell you this. They love it when you got a title and you make a fool out of yourself. You are your title, and then they allow you to get caught up and make a fool out of you. They say, yeah, you want to array your title? And I'm going to use your title. This is what the devil would do now. I'm going to use this. Since you love title, I'm going to use that title and destroy you with it because after you told everybody who you are, I'm going to allow you to make a shame and a fool out of yourself with your title. And I'm going to tell all these people, look at them. The apostle title, look what he did. The pastor title, look what he did. The bishop title, look what he did. The evangelist title, look what he did. The teacher title, look what he did. You got to be careful worshiping title. Stay humble. The Bible said Jesus made himself of what? No reputation. Not at all. No reputation. We have another caller in here that I uh, I, I found out. Caller, are you there? Something you want to say, caller? Thank you, sister, and I and I want you to stay on if you got any other questions. We have another caller. Would you come on in, new caller, please? Caller, you're live on the air. You have been unmuted. Shalom. Can you hear me? Yes, we hear you. Okay. Shalom, everyone. Hey. I um. When Philly Joy came on and and she was talking about the titles in the church, and to my understanding, reading and studying the word that when did God send the bishops and the elders, the ministers, the evangelists to study? to get a license to bring the word when he will anoint those that he has chosen to bring it forth. That means that they are anointed to bring it forth how he wants it done. So man or under the authority of the Catholic Church and making money the ones who are so-called leaders, they have to go to school to get a license to bring the word that they're supposed to have been anointed to teach. So who is calling them? I agree. When you go to ministry, first God will let you know that you have that calling. And very important, you need to get into underneath a pastor who is anointed to see the calling. And it is the pastor's job, that is his job, to groom you for the calling that God had on you. And as he recognized it, he would give you the responsibility and train you the right way how to do the ministry. The ministry is people. It's not about titles. Some people say it's about titles, but 
it's really the people. You want to be able to deal with the people the right way. And as you learn how to deal with the people, God even anoints you even the more. As you stay on your knees, because you got to seek the Lord about if this is his will for your life. And you wait on the calling. And as you wait, you pray, you fast, you get before the Lord, you do the work of the evangelist, you submit to your authority, you go underneath authority to learn. You don't say I'm called and then leave the church and go start a church and you got an evangelist calling on your life, and everybody can see it but you. Now you want to be a pastor. Then two years from then, you want to be a bishop. Then two years from then, you want to be a pastor. So what we have is people who just throwing titles on themselves. And I want us to realize this, people, it's better to have a strong anointing on your life than just to be calling all these titles. And the anointing is not in how well you pray. That's not. If that's the only way you can measure your anointing is how well you preach, you are in trouble. You are in trouble. You, um, you still didn't go on that they have to go to a seminary school to learn how to preach or for them to attain that title, which if it's from the most high, you're following his leadership and his guidance, even though someone is teaching you. But you're not being taught what you can preach on or teach on. At certain times of the year, everybody preached the same thing. And then for the church building people, why are they following these holidays if they're following the most high scriptures? Well, that, some people get into that. I care less about, you know. It, to me, it doesn't matter. I'm not into that. But I want you to do something. If y'all have your Bible, let's go to Second Kings chapter 2. I'm going to answer your question. One of the things we got to know that schools have always been around. This ain't nothing new. This is B.C. I'm going all the way back, B.C., before Christ, where they were schools. Schools. They've always been schools. Um, in the days of old. Um, when you go to the book of Second Kings chapter 2, we're dealing with Elijah and Elisha. Elijah is getting ready to leave, and he's going to give an impartation to Elisha, okay? And so what we're going to do there, we're going to go, and we're going to talk about this thing real quick. Chapter 2, 2 Kings chapter 2. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind. And Elijah went with Elijah from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elijah, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elijah said unto him, As the Lord liveth and as your soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And Elijah, the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel, came forth to Elijah and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord would take away thy master from thy head? When they call him master, teacher, rabbi, they was the teacher. They were schooled during that time. And he said, Yeah, I know it. Hold your peace. And Elijah said unto Elijah, Tarry here, I pray thee. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, as thy soul liveth, as thy soul liveth, I 
I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elijah and said unto him, Noah's God, that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today. And he answered him, Yea, I know it. Hold your peace. And Elijah said to him, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, As thy soul, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. And the 50 men of some of the prophets went and stood in view afar off, and they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and were and they were divided hither and thither. And so they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass that they were gone over that Elijah said to Elijah, Ask what I should do for thee before I am taken away. From thee. And Elijah said, I pray thee, let a devil portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass as they went, as they, as they still went on and talked it, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horsemen of fire and parted them asunder. And Elijah went up by the whirlwind into heaven. And Elijah saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own cloak and rent them in two pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the banks of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah and fell from him, that fell from him and smote the water, the waters, and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elijah went over. And when some of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah does rest upon Elijah. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. Those were prophets who was in school to learn of their gift. Make full proof of your calling. God anoints men. God calls men. But you've got to have leaders who move you forward. Because if you don't have leaders and you don't do things decent in order, you will have what you have now, people putting titles on themselves, and never was ordained by authority, even in Jesus' time. Nicodemus was called master. They called Jesus master, teacher. That's all it means, teacher, master, rabbi. And Nicodemus had schools during 2,000 years ago. You can go through the school. This is nothing new. It always been like that. But there's something that just divinely, called by God when you're anointed. Everybody flat out know they got it. This person got it. It depends on the time you spend with God. Now, to better yourself and sharpen your skills, I would advise anybody, if you got a calling on your life and you mean business with God, neology is very important. Praying before God, seeking his faith, reading your words, but I will encourage you, go through a strong Christian 
Bible school or institute, develop your skills so you know what you're talking about. This is how you get people twisted up and confused, worshiping every doggone thing and don't know how to rightly divide the word of God. And people start worshiping things and saying that they call by God, but they believe in stuff that the Bible tells us don't get involved with. So we got to really learn, and we got to be instructed. Paul, who was highly educated in the word of God, he was brought up as a Hebrew, a Pharisee, but when Christ saved him, God opened up the scriptures in a revelatory way that gave us a lot of understanding. He taught us about the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, the fivefold ministry, the deacon's position, the bishop position. The Jews don't believe in these titles, yet they were the ones who Christ came to. He came into his own and his own received them not. But for us, God was doing a new thing with the Gentiles. We have pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, apostles. That's a fivefold ministry. But you want to know what you're talking about. Because if you're not careful, you can start off right and you'll wind up like Jim Jones. I don't know if everybody remembers Jim Jones. He started off right and he got cuckoo for Cocoa Pop. Took those people to an island, had them drinking the poison. That's who you get it from. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. And when they drank the Kool-Aid, they was done. Because he started off right, but he got caught up in himself took them to an island, and people began to die over there. So we need to rightly divide. you got to be accountable to people. I'm scared for any leader that said, I don't need nobody to mentor me no more. Are you out of your rabbit mind? As long as you are living, you ain't got all the answers. You better be accountable to somebody. Paul had Barnabas. Barnabas had Paul, and Paul had Timothy. Barnabas, Paul, Timothy. You should always have somebody you're accountable to, someone you pouring into. So you always want to have a good, you want to have a step ladder. You just don't want to be a man on your island by yourself. This is how you get a cult. A cult. They got half of the truth, half of the other thing. The Bible is not half truth. You, you believe the whole Bible, you, you messed up. Something wrong with you. And you can always tell when somebody's messed up because they come in their unusual angle. And you're like, what are they talking about? Because if you know the word of God, you understand that God puts people in authority that you be underneath. He gives you leaders, mentors to help you. Even in the military, you're not a soldier or warrior because you can pick up a gun and shoot. You got boys in the country somewhere, hillbillies, you know how to shoot. They can hit, man, they, these boys can shoot. But what they do, even though their dad taught them how to shoot and they know how to work a gun, they go into the military, and they solidify it, and they go up through the rank. They be snipers, sharpshooters. they the best. They get purple hearts, green berets. They get better. Even though naturally they know how to shoot, they go into the military, and they solidify it. They better in shooting. They're not like these cats that's on the street just shooting at everybody and everybody getting hit with straight bullets. Because they're not shooting the person they're supposed to be shooting. They're just shooting bullets. And everybody gets sprayed with bullets and get hit. These boys can literally shoot from down south. And then they go in and become rangers, Navy SEALs. They go into the military, special forces. But they were trained how to shoot coming up. So I say all that to say this, y'all. 
When you got a call on your life that God has called you, you pray about it. You go before God. Read your words. Stay in your words. Get underneath your pastor, your leadership, and talk with your pastor about you believe that God's got a call on your life. And the pastor will begin to help you, groom you, and cultivate that gift that's in you and get you to the place where you can go at to be important to according to the call that he has on your life. And if it means going to school, you go to school so you can learn. You want to know everything you can, but you say it still. You keep praying now. You keep praying. And even in theology school, you just want to be careful because even though you're going to theology school, there's some things they don't believe in. But nevertheless, you want to know the who, what, when, where, why. Why did it happen? Who did it happen to? When did it happen? What was the purpose of it? Learn the history of whatever story you're reading about. But God called men. Make no mistake about it. God calls men. But you want to go and polish that what you have learned. So when Nicodemus came to Jesus, he said, Master, we know that you are teachers sent from God, for nobody could do the thing that you do except God be with them. Jesus told them, except you be born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus knew what he wanted to get to the point was about being born again. Nicodemus said, how can this be? Can a man enter the second time into his mother's womb? Jesus said, that which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. And Jesus said to him, how is it that you being a Pharisee, a teacher, and you not know these things? And Jesus said, the wind bloweth, you can hear it. He said, you can't tell where it's coming or going. So are they who are born of the Spirit of God. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, the scribes, was the law writer. They wrote the law. The Pharisees were the teachers of the law. So what happened was these people understood what the law said. They knew the Messiah would come. And it was important for them to know that. How did they know? They went through school. That's why you had the synagogue. They was learning. This is 2,000 years ago, y'all. Now, some people go to school because their pastor don't want to license them. Whatever reason that is, I would encourage people this. Get before the Lord. Seek God. If you feel as though that things are not right between you and your pastor, you go to your pastor and talk with your leader first. Talk with your leader. And if you feel as though that you're not getting what you need, then maybe you need to pray and ask God to send you underneath a pastor who can help you and get involved with a church where you can grow at. You get me? I'm not saying you right or the pastor right. You just need to continue to seek God. And you want to be at peace. Because what I'm learning right now, people are looking for churches where they find a family. They're looking for a family standing in churches. And this is good, y'all. You want to be in a church where you feel like you're part of a family. And the people of God love you. You love the people of God. And that, that, that stuff is important. You never want to be in places where people tolerate you. You want to go where you celebrate it. You celebrate people, they celebrate you as a person, not your title. Never the title, but as a person. People love you for who you are. But we want to make sure that everybody understands that. And the holidays thing, some of these holidays that people worship was once pagan holidays. These are not holidays. Jesus was not born on the December the 25th, y'all. He wasn't born on that day. 
He was born during a time when shepherds was out there. It was during a warm climate. And so that's what happened with that. Um, We just want to know for sure, because you don't want to get caught up in the holidays. I mean, if you want to do things for your kids or whatever, you do whatever you got to do. But don't make every day is to be celebrated. No day is better than the other day. Thank God for the days that he's given you. But don't get caught up into worshiping days, y'all. Yeah, listen, there's a lot of things you can get in caught up into. There's some things you want to you bear from. But I just wanted to share that with you guys right there. Um, I don't know if that answers the caller's question or not, but I just want to go through that. So should you be sitting under a ministry that, okay, this is the time of year that they do Thanksgiving, okay, and the church uh, sits back and they want to have a dinner for whoever, and the church members are home, they're getting prepared for this particular celebration, but not knowing the history of the celebration or finding out the history of the celebration, should you continually do something that once the truth is known to you, and are you due to repent and turn from it? It is something that people feel comfortable doing, and for whatever So they still in their sins, because he didn't, he didn't give us that to celebrate. Listen, we got to be careful when we get into all this stuff. You're walking on eggshells, because now you identify... Walking on eggshells as far as what? I mean, the word is we're supposed to worship the truth and the spirit. So it's not walking on eggshells. We need to know the truth, and you're speaking on it. Let's let's talk real. On since we are at a time in the body of which that we're supposed to be under and teaching truth, we're supposed to be teaching truth right now. Yeah, we are more so than yesterday. Excuse me. Let me say this to you. Uh huh. Go ahead. What's more important is being saved first. Now, if people, there's some people that like to get together on Monday. That's their day as a family. They come together. They just like to celebrate that Monday, come together as family. They have fellowship, whatever it might be. If it's a holiday on December the 25th that everybody, they might celebrate Christmas. Some people want to go get drunk. Some people want to go get high. Whatever they do on Christmas, that's what they chose to do. That's the free will that God gave everybody. Now, for me, I don't care about December the 25th. Every day to me is is an important day. It's what I do and how I live my life on a daily basis that matters. Now, if people want to go, and I was saying this with one of the saints, on holidays, I normally work all the holidays. I worked on the holidays. Anybody else want to do it? I worked. That was never overtime for me. Pray for me. I felt as though that was the day you get more money. I went in and worked. It didn't bother me because I got the next day to live. The Bible said, give us this day our daily bread. I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of money for one day and get depressed because I didn't spend $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 for one day. I'm not doing it. 
Now, that's me. But if it's someone else who is free in their spirit and they got the money and they want to do that, God bless them. But I'm not going to send them to hell because they do that. One can eat meat, the Bible says. One don't eat meat. But the brother that eat meat, let him don't offend the brother who can't eat the meat because the brother used to be eating the meat off of the sacrifice. Some people can do certain things and it don't bother them. For me, it don't bother me. I'm not into the holidays and all that stuff like that. But I'm not going to send everybody to hell because they want to serve on the holiday they want to celebrate. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. As long as they get their heart right with God. Because we don't want to be majoring in minor things and minoring in major things. The more important thing is where your heart is at with God right now. Because a lot of times we can get caught up and we find ourselves nitpicking on small things that's not even important. I'll give you a point in case. Jesus' disciples is walking through the cornfield plucking corn. The mm-hmm. Pharisees said to them, why are your disciples eating corn without washing their hand and cleaning their hand and blah, blah? Jesus said, have you not read what David did and the men? And then Jesus said to him, it's not what goes into a body that defiles a man, but it's what comes out of a man that defiles who he is out of his heart. Out of the heart, he said, what he takes in, it goes through the throat, and it goes through his system. But what defiles a man to make a man unclean, they was worrying about unclean hands. Jesus said, what makes a man unclean is what comes out of him, adultery, fornication, hatred. He said, these are the things that defiles a man. And you got to notice that when it was a celebration at a wedding, Jesus went to the wedding. He was not bound by a celebration. He was free to do that. He went to the wedding. Mary came to him. He said, woman, my hour is not yet come. What would you have me to do? She said to him, they ran out of wine. They had no more wine. And then she looked at the men. She said, whatever he tell you to do, do it. Jesus told him, get all the pitchers, the jugs, fill it up with water. He prayed over it, took it back to the wedding. But he was there too. And they all drunk. And when they drank that wine, they said, normally people say, they give you the best wine first and the worst wine last. They said to Jesus, but surely you kept the best for last. He was at the celebration too. God wants us to be free. I don't worship the 25th. I'm not worshiping it. But if I'm free in my spirit and I just want to be free and enjoy that holiday, I'm doing it as unto the Lord, not unto the pagan God that they worship. They might have killed 10 people for that day. Cut their hands off. That's what they want to do. But for me, it's a time that we thank God that we can come together and in the Lord, and we're grateful that we made it to another holiday, even though I know it's pagan holidays. I don't serve a pagan God. And for me, that day don't matter. It's another day. It will come and it will go like many other holidays did. But I won't lose no sleep over it. I won't. That's just me speaking from my perspective. But by the same token, I don't want to send everybody to hell because they buying their family gifts and they celebrating that day. Because they love the Lord, but that don't mean they serving the devil on that day. They're not saying this is unto Satan or Lucifer. They buying each other gifts. They have dinner. They sit down, they eat, they share gifts with one another. That's what they want to do. I can't send them to hell. 
Now, when they start working, nobody's sending them to hell. I'm I'm not sending anyone to hell because I have no hell or heaven to put them into. I'm just saying that for us to be teaching, that's not in the word. That's all. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think anybody's teaching to worship the holidays. Um, I, I truly don't. I believe it was a time that people decided to get together. In fact, I know at my church what they do, put on Christian music. They do worship. They will have a concert going on as unto the Lord during the holiday period of time where people can come in and enjoy and reflect back on the memory that they chose that day for whatever reason, I don't know. I promise you I don't know. But that is the day that they chose to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, even though we know he wasn't born on that day. It's but they still follow it to celebrate it. We have another caller. Caller, come on. How are you? It should be another caller coming in. Caller, caller, you are muted. Caller, you are muted. It's CJ. It's me, CJ Foyajoy. I'm still here. Hey, how are you? All right. Yeah, um, people, um, thank you for calling Sound City Radio. And here we're always about freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. That's why I call it Sound City Radio. I just ask everybody to just be real, be safe, and be ready. And um, after you finish um, talking, Minister um, Kyle Myers, and a conclusion, DJ Philly Joy has an announcement to make. But proceed on. I I just want to say if anybody got any any other callers or would like to call in, just put star eight. And we want to hear your opinion, too, what you have to say, uh, things that might uh, disturb you. Or just in general, what you're dealing with in life, it's no good or bad question. Only dumb question it is is the one, um, the one that never was asked. Well, you have another caller. Is this working? Can anybody hear? Yes, it's working. You're in. Oh, hey, how you doing today, Calvin? This is uh, James Myers' cousin, Jimmy. I was, Can you, you hear know, me? Pretty good. I was just listening to you. You was making some really good points. I just wanted to add that I think somewhere in the Bible, she said it didn't really say in the Bible about the content you were talking about, but I think you said that uh, as long as y'all, y'all can do it any day, like in remembrance of him, I don't know if that was the Lord's Supper or something like that, or two or three people. I forget the exact phrase in the Bible, but even though we do designate certain days like Christmas and whatever other holidays we have, but I think you said any day you can, that you know, celebrate, uh, celebrate like uh, God. It's just that sometimes we do like Christmas and Thanksgiving, but I really do understand what you were saying about not getting into the intricacies because God is like uh, really – not vague, but he's, like, really, like, large above a lot of the little things that we get into, like the reasons for Thanksgiving and the reason for this and the reason for that. And I agree with what you were saying about how God doesn't really get into the intricacies. Just as long as you can do 
do what you're doing, but doing it like in his name and stuff like that. And I think it says it in the Bible somewhere also where it says you can do things as long as you're doing it in his name first, like what you were saying, being saved first. But I was just saying that I agree with you with, with what you were saying. Amen. And, yeah, it is um, the supper, um, what they call the, uh, what is it called, the, uh, uh, boy, the communion. Once a month, some people does it, once a month. But you can do it seven days a day. You can do the communion. And the Bible says as often as you do it, you do show the Lord's suffering until he comes. Um, uh, some people have the Sabbath day. They like to go to church on the Sabbath, and they love the Lord too, but Saturday is the Sabbath day. They go and they worship the Lord. Um, that's something that they do. Um, most churches go to church on a Sunday. But you can serve God seven days a week, y'all. The time that we're moving in and the direction we're heading it to, you can serve God all these different days of the week. Seven days. Every day is to be a day of thanksgiving. If you wake up, and you got breath in your body, and your heart's still pumping, you can be thankful for who God is and him sending you. So what you want to do is you want to, um, like the sister say, I get what she's saying. You don't want to get into worship and holidays, pagan holidays. That is something that they really are pagan holidays. Folks, they pagan holidays. That's the truth. But, and on that day, you could serve the Lord on that day. God Almighty, you want to serve the Lord on that day. You don't have to be one. Because if you look up the history of what those people were doing, they were doing it unto their gods. And, and a lot of us don't know because we never really looked it up. But we do know that you could serve the Lord on Christmas. And when people serving their God on Christmas, the Hebrew boys, you know, they they didn't want to bow down to the music. They'd rather get thrown into a giant furnace. And I thank you, Jimmy, and the dear sister that said it, because what she said is right. We don't teach people to worship up the holidays. Like the sister said, you're not supposed to be worshiping the holidays. But if that's the day, you can set aside that day to worship the Lord. While people serving the devil, you serve God. i give you another example, y'all, on watch night which is the last day of December. People come to church, and they hear a message, and they pray for watch night. Somewhere else, people's in the club. They partying. But two different parties going on. The Holy Ghost party in one place, the worldly party in another place. <laughs> so <clears throat> what you have is a holiday, the first day of the year, that some people are doing one thing, other people are doing other things. And, and, and I, I can tell you, folks, you really want to make sure that in the time that you're serving God, you don't want to get caught up because the Bible says all things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. Um, I appreciate holidays, but I'm not caught up in the holidays. And if it's time like Thanksgiving comes, you eat, you break bread with your family, you eat with them, everybody come together, everybody got their day off. Christmas come, everybody come together. Um, but on that day, I, I promise you, I'm not calling on no other pagan god. I'm grateful that that day came. 
But I understand Christ was not born on December the 25th. I promise you that. He was not born on that day. That is a pagan holiday. Man, let's make sure we get it right. We want to make sure that everybody don't be in error and they know the truth. But on that day, if you decide to serve the Lord and thank God for that day, you do so. You want to enjoy that day with your family, you do so. That's your family. You enjoy it. But if you decide you want to go worship some devil, like on Halloween, some people crazy about Halloween. Halloween is the biggest money time of the year. They get masses. They go out. They do their trick-or-treating without knowing what it's all about. That's all them. I don't celebrate Halloween. I don't got different costumes outside my house. You know, my neighbors may do that, but I ain't into that, man. That, you know, it's a holiday. If I want candy, I go to the store and buy me some candy, Reese's Cups and mm-hmm. what have you. Well, can, you know, I, can I interject for a second there? Yes, sir. Uh, yes. Well, you, can, you can't, but, you know, that, that's for the children, though. You know, we all grown up and we know right from wrong and everything, but the kids don't know the difference. So I, I still take the kids out because I don't want to deny the children, you know, the little fun that they have. And stuff. Even though I know Easter is about the resurrection, and I and I tell my kids that December 25th is about well, you know how my mom was. She made sure that was instilled in them the, the reason for the season and everything. But you know, as a child, you go back, you remember how much fun you had going out trick or treating. You wasn't thinking about no devil or anything like that. You just dress up like a clown or whatever you want to dress. Well, nowadays clowns is the devil, but. You can dress up like, you know, little princesses and, you know, vampires and stuff like that. You don't really think about the devil. So I, I still take my kids out for trick-or-treating, even though I know better. And, you know, so there was a dark side of it in the Wiccan days. And before that, it was just, uh, what, celebrating the harvest or something, the bringing in of the November thing, kind of like the same as uh, Thanksgiving. That was all in together. But, uh, you know, I just don't like to deny the little the little kids their little fun. Now, this is, this is the thing. I For me, I, I teach my kids why it is Halloween. What does it mean? Now, we had a thing that we used to do at the church called Hallelujah Night, and they would let the kids come together. They would give them scriptures from the Bible. they give them candy, but they would give them scriptures from the Bible. They would enlighten them about the things of God rather than allow them to dress up like a monster or beast because we know that you got witches and warlocks and witchcraft and people are involved with all these different things and they indulge in these things uh, that they may summon up things and uh, matter of fact when we met at the Dunkin' Donuts we have our coffee thing one of the topics that we dealt with which was on that Tuesday um, we talked about Saul King Saul I think it was First um, uh, Samuel one twenty eight. I'm not mistaken. Verse seven. When Saul, when he was surrounded by Philistines, he consulted and instead of calling out for God, he consulted and asked for a soothsayer, which was a witch. And he went into seeking witchcraft and studied seeking God. And the woman called up Samuel, supposedly. And uh, he got himself a trick in a treat because when she called up Samuel, he said to him, why are you disturbing me? God gave the kingdom to David. You know that God has turned his back on you, gave it to David, and tomorrow you and your son are going to be here with me. So, And the topic was like desperate people. 
when you're desperate. Saul became desperate. And instead of calling God, he sought a witch, which is witchcraft. So for me, I was we was dealing with desperate people, what they do when they're desperate. But that was just something that dealt with that Halloween uh, week that was there about when we are desperate, what do we turn to? Do we turn to sorcery or do we turn to God? And so um, you never know what you do when you're desperate. But for me, I'm not a perfect person. But I don't celebrate the holiday. I don't encourage my children to get into that. But I explain to them what it is. They need to know why. Because, you know, our kids just, but why? Everybody else is dressing up. Why they can do that? We can do things. We can have fun. But we're not going into what that was about because they were killing people, offering up sacrifices, doing witchcraft. And it became, to us right now, things are fun to do. But if you don't understand why that thing originated, like what people was, point in case, somebody may use the N-word, but to us it would be offensive. Why? Because we understand what that word means. Even though we got all, all these black people making songs with the N-word left and right. I mean, I'll be walking down the street and I hear nothing but song with the N-word over and over. But don't let it be a Caucasian person that says, oh, God, we get offended. We ready to sue. So we call it off stop that name. And really that word means an ignorant person. So there are some things that can be lawful, but it's not expedient. And that's where my stand is at with that, because even though it may seem to others like it's something likely, but I don't like to be called that name. I wouldn't call nobody else that name. So that's what my saying. But if people feel as though they want to do that, you go on. You can do that. I won't. You know, that's between you and God. That's something that you and him would be dealing with. But uh, that's just where I'm at with that because it's a lot of holidays. But especially this time of the year, Saints, you got Thanksgiving. First is Halloween, then it's Thanksgiving. And then they, right after Thanksgiving, you got what they call Black Friday. People are lining up because you get all the toys or whatever you want to buy cheap. Black Friday, then you're going into December. And then it's the holiday. Everybody going on a shopping spree. Some people committed suicide at this time of the year because of the pressure. Listen, y'all. I'm telling you now. Thank God that you can live every day of your life. Honor the Lord for him giving you another day to live. The word of God said, give us this day our daily bread. Listen, every day that you wake up, be thankful. Thank the Lord. Uh, And be careful what you love. Too much of anything to be not good for you except for the Lord. Um, But anything that you got to have every day, 24-7, you just want to be careful with what you're doing, you know, in life. Life, there's a lot of challenges for all of us. And there's only one race out here, y'all, the human race. And the enemy is going to try to do everything he can do to split all of us up, rather on churches, denomination, what day to worship God, how tall we are, how dark our skin is, how light it is, what color our eyes are, how educated we are, how uneducated we are, how fat, how slim, whatever it could be, he can use. You live on the west side, I'm on the east side, 
West Coast, East Coast, he'll do anything to divide us. And we got to be wiser than that, y'all. We want to know for sure that if God calls us to come home today or tomorrow, are you ready? Are you ready to meet the Lord? Do you know God? Have you made him Lord of your life? Have you read the word and understand that God don't care about any of those other things except for your soul? He's concerned about you as a person. He loves you. He don't care what you've done and how long you've been doing it. He want to change you right where you're at. And he said no weapon formed against you will prosper. And he said he know the thoughts that he had towards you, thoughts of good and not evil. And he has an expected end. God loves you wherever you at. No matter what you're going through, no matter who turned their back on you, no matter who walked away from you, no matter what people say about you, no matter what habits you got, no matter what happened in your past, and people might say you're no good, people might say you're crazy, God loves you. He cares about you. You might think I'm overweight, nobody cares about me, nobody loves me. People leave me, people look at me funny because I don't have certain things that other people got. He loves you. And it's important, I want you to notice that God got you in his mind, on his mind, because he want to continue to take you to greater places and new heights. He's preparing a place for you that you will be with him forever. And I just want us to know, when you're raising kids, we love our kids, and we want to continue just you know, give them the word. Read to your children. Read the Bible to them while they're young, before they go to bed at night. Read Proverbs or read the, uh, the gospel to your children. Those words are words of seed. So as they get older, they will remember what you read to them. It's very important, y'all, to instruct your family in the right way. Teach your children the ways of the Lord because you don't know what that boy is going to grow up to be one day. You don't know what that girl is going to be when she become a woman. You don't know what God is calling them to do when they get older. We want to be our brother's keeper. And what I want to do is I want to say the sinner's man prayer. Many of you are underneath hearing me at the sound of my voice. If you're not saying you know that God is dealing with you, you've been calling, or you've just been listening in and you haven't called in yet, I just want to give you this opportunity. And then after this, if you want to call in, say something, you can. But I want you to repeat the sinner's man prayer after me. And just say this prayer with me, please. Say, oh, God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. Wash me and cleanse me in the blood of the Lamb, creating me a clean heart. Renew within me the right spirit and write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Holy Spirit, come into my heart and become Lord and Master and Savior of my soul. This day, I ask Jesus Christ to become Lord and Savior of my soul. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.
Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, Lord, that you would direct our path. You said a good man steps are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in all that's going. Instruct us, keep us, watch over us. Teach us your ways, Lord, so that we would grow old in wisdom and learn, learn the ways of the Lord to lead others, Lord. God, we pray that you would give us a clear conscience, that you would heal our broken hearted, mend our spirit in the name of Jesus. Remove obstacles and hindrance and doubt, fear and anxiety, all negative things from our mind, God. Let us love one another and love people. And as we forgive those who transgressed against us and who've hurt us, we pray that you would forgive us too, Father, for what we've done. Heal the hearts of these people that are listening, God. Strengthen them, Lord, in the name of Jesus, for whatever they might be hurting of. Some wounds are so deep they won't even talk about it. Heal them, Lord. Set them free. Minister to them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we need you in this hour like never before. We ask for healing. You said healing is the children's bread. Heal us, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray to your glory. Amen. Just remember to push star eight if you want to say something. You're more than happy to come on in and say something if you want to share anything with us. We are here. We want to hear from you. At this time, I'm going to turn it back over to Will. Will, are you there, buddy? Hopefully, once he comes back in, he can continue to talk with us and to share with yes. us. Yes. Okay. Wow. What a show. Um. I hope people out there caught on to everything Minister Calvin Myers is saying, and I hope you got blessed accordingly. We are here as minute creatures of God. There ain't nobody perfect. Ain't nobody better than anybody. Everybody's the same. We all equal. We just do different things and think outside the box at, at times. So, whatever y'all do, if you want to fall in line or fall out of line, remember the choice is always yours. But today is a new day, new hour, and one new wasted minute. Tomorrow's not promising nobody, so y'all got to figure that one out. But I'm glad y'all tuned in today on Double Up Mondays. But the best thing about this, we didn't get a chance to double up. And I just came up with that out of nowhere. I was like, you know what? Why not put two topics into one and do it like every two months? But as you see, it was not even needed. Y'all got truly blessed tonight or this evening. And if you have any questions, comments, or even any type of concerns, you can email me at will.ofgod at my.com or at my other one at dj underscore chill at my.com. See, here on this network, I'm going to tell you over and over again, we only about freedom of speech freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. 
That's the only reason why I call this Sound City Radio. And you know me, if you don't know me, you're going to have to get to know me. All I ask you to do is just be real, be safe, and be ready. And when I say that, being real is just being who you are. Don't sugarcoat it or nothing. This is only church on Mondays. And when I say be safe, is be conscious of what you're saying out your daggone mouth. Don't curse. I don't want to have to mute you. I want to keep you free with it. You mute your own self. And everybody has the obligation to speak. You ain't got to be scared to talk. I don't care if it sounds crazy. Trust me. I don't. But when I say be ready, that can go in all ways, all types of ways. Mentally ready, spiritually ready, forever ready. Because it's a battle out here, y'all. And I don't know what y'all don't get. It's real. These spirits is out here just... <laughs> the thing about it is it's all types of different spirits out here. Like I said before, you have a spirit on you giving you a headache. There's another spirit out here that might want to make you be confused. Another spirit that might want you want to go out there and kill somebody. Another spirit that might make you want to just get high. Another spirit that, man, look, I'm trying to tell you. It's out here. Y'all don't hear me because y'all don't understand. I get it. We all babes in Christ. Only problem is what day do, uh, when do we want to grow up? And that goes to me too. Exactly. Yes. I ain't too far-fetched. But don't forget, y'all, to tune in tonight. On, on Point Radio. That's the other place where I just be relaxing at. My buddy Cellphone known. He's having a show tonight at 9 p.m. The number is um, 143-133-POUND. It's the same number, 724-444-7444. The number 143-133-POUND. And you press one pound into the show and start to talk. But his conversation tonight is... Um, we have to talk about chasing the American dream. Here we go again. What does the American dream mean to you? How are you chasing the American dream? What is the American dream? Do you think Dr. King's dream was embedded in the American dream? For real, what is the American dream? So that's at 9 p.m. tonight. Now, the best thing about life is we have a situation where this young lady, better known as DJ Philly Joey, who's actually a host on Sound City Radio every Friday, is actually doing her first show on BevNet Radio, online radio. That's Brother O's network. He also has another network called Damon Network. And I would love to have DJ Philly Joy tell everybody about her show. DJ Philly Joy? Yes, sir. Am I muted? This is DJ Philly Joy. You're right there. So you can hear me. Um, 
we have a show tonight on Bev Nation. We are going to talk about, um, well, we talk about life. <laughs> what love got to, what love so deep got to do with it that makes the world go round? So it's like three in one topic, but uh, the bottom line is all about love. And the show is called Joy to the World. And all my shows that I do, Lord's giving, Lord's giving me and my spirit to make them positive because there's always negative. You can't have one without the other, but we have a higher power that definitely outshines everything, outshines all darkness. So, therefore, people need positive messages in this world today because people are really feeling kind of gloom and doom and depressed and dark because they need to have the spirit of God in their life, bottom line. So, you can always call that number tonight at 10 p.m., 724-444-7444. The PIN number is 145-234-POUND. One pound to listen in and star eight to talk to compensate. And also, tonight we're doing a tribute to Whitney Houston. So we'll be using her music to share our message tonight about joy and about love. So I hope you can listen in tonight. If you don't want to talk, you don't have to push star eight, but call in. Listen in and conversate with us if you choose to. Um, hope you get a good message. And like I said, he said also I'm on Sound City Radio on Fridays, 5 to 7. That show is called Issues of the Heart. Life, love, pursuit of happiness. Talk about all kinds of stuff like that as well. I'm an optimist people, and I always look at the brighter side of things. So, therefore, that is about all kinds of stuff about, about life as well, about life. And we are going to have a pin number of that show is Call me to chill. One four three nine one eight pounds. Yes, it is. All right, thank you very much. That's the pin number from five p.m. to seven p.m. We play music, also to enhance our message, and we have a good conversation for people listening. As you can, thank you, CJ. Fully joy. Well, people. Oh, one, um, one thing. One go, last thing I forgot. Chill. Chill. One mm-hmm. last thing I forgot. This Friday, I'm helping another group become friends of mine, the Nazarene Group. Um, they help other nonprofits and ministries get their ministry off the ground with finances. So they're raising money this Friday, um, a fish fry fundraiser at the House of Prayer Episcopal Church. This Friday, 10, um, November the 10th, from 3 p.m. to 10, 8 p.m., and the tickets are $10. I'm going get some good food, macaroni and cheese, potato salad, green beans, and have some good fun. And I'm DJing. How about that? Gospel and some smooth jazz. Come on out, people. You can. And I'll be out there helping her because, um, yes, I am a gospel DJ, and I hope y'all didn't forget that. <laughs> but um, thank you, DJ, for the joy. And um, before we walk out this door, Minister Kyle Myers, how excellent you are. Do you have anything else you want to say? Can you hear me? Okay. I guess he said enough. Yo, people, make sure you go check out the churches. Deliverance, my church, Triumph and Faith International Worship Center, and whatever church you're going to now, I ain't lying to you. Because if y'all know what's going on, it's war. And it's going to get more crazier before it gets better. Revelations is real. That's why we're going to be going through Revelations again next, well, Monday coming up. Whatever goes into the heart of Minister Kyle Myers, because we almost done. Wait till you get to Revelation 23 and all those. Hey, hey. Boy, look. Mm-mm-mm. Talk to me. 
twist at the end. Now we say who's out. 